0: Now you're going to hear some first-hand accounts of other people who have seen or experienced the supernatural. Let's get right into it with some political nightmare. Yes, you guessed it, the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln supposedly had a daunting background that few knew about. First, Lincoln pictured his own death and visioned it, and his funeral. Secondly, Lincoln's life was filled with tragedy. His mother died when he was nine, and his first love died due to typhoid, causing an emotional breakdown in Lincoln. Also, Lincoln had four sons, in which only one made it to adulthood. So, as you can see, Lincoln had a pretty traumatic life. Apparently, this has caused him to hang around the White House after he has died. Grace Coolidge, wife of Calvin Coolidge, the 30th president, was the first person to report having actually seen the ghost of Lincoln. She said he stood at a window of the Oval Office, hands clasped behind his back, gazing out over the Potomac, perhaps still seeing the bloody battlefields beyond. The ghost of Lincoln was commonly seen by the FDR administration, which was when America went through the Great Depression and World War II. Also, Winston Churchill claims to have seen him while bathing in the Lincoln Bedroom, while visiting the White House in the US. If you do believe in ghosts, you have to believe one of our greatest presidents is still watching over the nation he fought so hard to preserve. Now let's get right into another famous ghost you may not know about, the ghost of John Lennon. If you didn't know who John Lennon was, you may have heard him before. He was a key member key member of the legendary band The Beatles. Len- Lennon was shot on the 8th of December 1980 at his residence in the Dakota Building in New York City, by Mark Chapman. The frustrations with Lennon's lifestyle and claim that he was more popular than Jesus Remark, by society, plus the idolatry of the Holden Holden Collie Field in The Catcher in the Rye caused the motive for the attack. Since his death, an increasing amount of people have claimed to see the ghost of John Lennon. Oasis star Liam Gallagher and Paul McCartney claim to have been visited by Lennon while recording one of one of his unfinished symphonies. However, many claim Lennon still roams in and around the Dakota building, where he lived and was murdered. In two thousand six, many psychics held a séance at the Dakota building and many other places important to Lennon's life. They claim to have been li- visited by Lennon and more than once. Now that you have heard some famous ghosts, I'm going to inform you about some local haunted places in and around Maryland. First, let's go to Fletchertown Road in Bowie, Maryland, where you can hear of the goat Man. According to urban legend, the goat Man is an axe-wielding, half-animal, half-man creature that was once a scientist who worked in the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. The tale holds that he was experimenting on goats until one experiment backfired and he was mutated, becoming goat like himself. Then he began attacking cars with an axe, roaming the back roads of Beltsville, Maryland. A variation of the legend tells of the goat man as an old hermit who lives in the woods, seen walking alone at night along Fletchertown Road. According to University of Maryland folklorist Barry Pearson, The Goatman legend began long, long ago and were further popularized in 1971 when the death of a dog was blamed on Goatman by local residents. Next, let's head south a couple of hours to Scotland, Maryland. Here you can find the lore of the haunted Point Lookout Lighthouse. The Point Lookout Lighthouse marks the entrance to the Potomac River on the southernmost tip of Maryland's western shore. The lighthouse was built in in 1830, and many wealthy spent their time at Point Lookout to vacation. However, after the Battle of Gettysburg, a prison was built there to hold Confederate soldiers. Then, the prison and the lighthouse were joined together. The keeper of the lighthouse at the time of the Civil War was Pamelia Edwards. She claimed that the Union soldiers used the lighthouse as a room of torture and interrogation. Thousands of soldiers died there due to lack of care and protection from the weather. The ghost of a woman, possibly Pamelia Edwards or another female lighthouse keeper, have been seen standing at the top of the stairway wearing a white blouse and a long blue skirt with a sad look on their face. Other figures have been seen in the basement, doors mysteriously open and close and strange noises, snoring, ghostly voices and footsteps have been heard. Voices have been heard coming out of nowhere, saying, Fire if they get too close to you, and let us not take objection to what they are doing. For a long time after the abandonment of the lighthouse, it continued to smell like rotting of bodies. Sounds like a really creepy place, and you need to check it out.
1: That was fun and dandy here. remind me to bring air freshener if I ever decide to stick around the places after dark, which is highly unlikely. Here's my specialty. Find old dead cases and disturbing ones of the paranormal. Funny thing is, many of you probably have heard of these cases due to the infinite, infamous Hollywood scenes. <clears throat> An internationally known case, and personally one I find more disturbing, is the infamous case investiga- investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren it is rightfully called Annabelle the Doll Haunting. Again, I hate dolls. This was eventually made into a movie of its own, but was first seen in a Conjuring movie, which is based off another one of their cases that I'll be covering later. It, this took approximately about some time in 1970 involving two nurse roommates. The two nurses were Donna, whom the doll was given to by her mother on her 28th birthday, and her best friend and roommate Angie began to notice strange things about the Raggedy Ann doll. Donna would place the doll on her bed and the two would return home to either find the doll moved across the room in a different position than it was put in. And another creepy report was that they found the doll straight up on its own two legs. Mind you, Raggedy Ann dolls were stuffed and floppy and didn't have a stand, so it was impossible for the doll to be standing up on its own two legs. The activity got even freakier when random notes with Help Us and Help Lou started to appear written in childlike handwriting in what appeared to be red crayon. Ugh. Donna also reported that one of the doll's hands and chest was covered in a red substance that appeared to be blood. That's nice. Nothing like coming home from nursing and you see a bloody doll. Why am I starting to be a nurse again? Anyway. <clears throat> a medium was called. A medium is someone who's essentially a person with a sixth sense and can see and speak to the dead. I don't know how I feel about that. And she claimed the doll was possessed by a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins. Her body was found in the lot where their apartment building was built and felt comfortable with the two nurses and wished to remain with the, with the two and the doll to live with them. Feeling sympathy for the poor thing, they agreed. Personally, although I myself enjoy and love children and I'm studying nursing, I say hell no and bless the whole place. Like, get a priest up in here. I'm baffled at the fact that it took them this long to notice something was up with this doll. Like, you see a doll moving around on its own and freaky notes are appearing. And now you want to investigate this? No thanks. Anyway, apparently the only one with common sense and not buying it was Angie's fiance Lou. Disagreed with the two women, but was overly um, outnumbered. Poor guy. And just let it be. Lou, however, spoke out once and told the women how one night he woke from a nightmare and had sleep paralysis, something I mentioned were my own stories, and saw Annabelle crawling up his body. Mm, no, no thank you. And once she reached his head, she wrapped her arms around his neck and began to strangle him. That's freaky as hell, however. I'm curious, how does little plush hands choke you? Like, they don't have fingers. Like, do they just, like, Luther. never mind. I'm moving on from this. Huh. No, thank you. Lou passed out and woke up the next morning with the doll nowhere in sight and swore up and down that it wasn't a dream. Another account from Lou is when he and Angie were preparing to leave for a trip and they heard noises from Donna's room and entered to see no one in the room and Annabelle's on the floor. Lou, being a good person and a friend, despite how much he hated the doll, approached. Annabelle to pick it up and felt an excruciating pain from his abdomen and his chest. He opened his now bloody shirt to see deep, beast-like claws. He said they almost immediately began to heal at a fast rate two days later. Sir, I hope you're probably on drugs for that one. Donna had enough of what was happening and called in the priest, thank the Lord, and the warrants to investigate. They determined the doll couldn't be possessed by a spirit. It was really a demonic entity, claiming demonic entities were not of this world and were the only ones that could really take over things. Spirits cannot do so. Again, I don't know how I feel about that. A request to remove the doll from the apartment was granted, and the Warrens reported their car having issues. And it wasn't until the doll was blessed that the car functioned normally, and they made it to home safely. Like, this is some real stuff, guys. I don't know how I feel... Like, this is why I hate dolls. And I feel like they could kill me at any moment. Has anyone ever seen Silence? Like, or the dolls? Creepy. Annabelle did the same shenanigans at the Warren's house because it's a demon-haunting doll. That's as scary as you can get. A priest named Father Jason taunted the doll, saying that it was only a doll and it was useless, much to the Warren's dismay. Yes, priest. Great idea. Let's antagonize a demon. Father Jason later called the Warrens, stating his brakes gave out his car was totaled in, the, in an accident. A similar stage situation occurred when the Warrens opened up their occult museum with Annabelle in a glass case with warnings and a cross posted on it. Remember, there was warnings and a cross on the case. A male taunted the doll and on his motorcycle ride back home with his girlfriend. She reported he lost control of a sudden he died upon impact of crushing to a tree. Can we agree that this guy lacked brain cells and apparently can't read warning labels on, oh, I don't know, not to taunt a demonic doll? Like, if there is literally a sign that says, do not taunt, do not taunt. They mean it. Let's not mess with it. Honestly, how stupid can people get? Anyway, the doll remains at the Warren's Occult Museum for all the kitties and weirdos to enjoy. Not gonna lie, some morbid part of me wants to visit. There are many more cases covered by the Warrens than many of you heard of the Perone family, demonic haunting, which is actually the inspiration for the conjuring movie, because the conjuring movie is based on this case, and no matter how many times I freak the hell out, I I can't get used to it. So the Perones were essentially haunted by a demonic being called Bathsheba. She was a, her cousin was accused of witchcraft and was hanged when she herself was a witch. And on the no, one night not long after her firstborn was born, and her husband walked in she saw his wife sacrificing their baby to satan in front of her fireplace and she ran out of the house and hung herself on a tree and she put a curse on this land from anyone who tried to take it from her and that became quite literally many mysterious deaths especially involving children and the mothers were found out like this chick was shit crazy sorry part of my french the Animeville Horror Case is another one. This was also made into a movie. The Enemyville Horror Case actually is a, a horrific story, unfortunately. This man and his family, I won't give any names because there are too many of them, and it makes me want to cry when I think about it. I actually woke up one night and claimed that demons were whispering in his ear to kill his family, and he did so. He took a shotgun, shot his father, his sisters, and brothers, and his mother. He murdered his whole family and he was arrested before he eventually killed himself in jail. It's awful. Many families have moved in and out of that house claiming to see ghosts and strange activities in the spirit of a little boy believed to be one of the sons that was murdered that night. It's not very pretty. The Exorcism of uh, Ronald Doe. This was the inspiration for the novel and the movie The Exorcism. The Exorcism was about a girl named Reagan, and she took the place of Ronald Doe. She played with a Ouija board because kids should play with Ouija boards and summon a demon uh of a, an ancient demon and the uh, she underwent a lot of stressful situations. She would walk on her back she would um use the bathroom on herself and stuff like that. It was disgusting but creepy she would. Induce excessive vomiting of weird liquid and blood, and scratches would appear all over the body. Unfortunately, those were all true accounts of Ronald Doe, since he was a minor, his name wasn't truly named in the case. Unfortunately, he had to live with that for the rest of his life. And a heartbreaking one to help inspire the movie, the Exorcism of Emily Rose, was actually taken to Supreme Court. So. The exorcism of a young girl named Annalise uh, Michelle. She was a German woman, and her case actually was taken to court. So there's an actual court file on this case, and it's really upsetting because she was a bright young girl. She was high, she was highly devoted to her faith and her family. And one time, one day when she was around 16 years old, she. Started feeling sick and ill. And time her mother recounted that anytime she stared at a religious figure, such as the statue of the mother and mother Mary and his her son Jesus in their house, she would glare venomously at it in such hatred. And whenever they tried taking her to church, she would scream in pain as the ship she was burning by a thousand fires. It was awful. They actually went to seek professional medical help first and nothing was really conclusive. They couldn't decide if she had, was having epilepsy or seizures. She was just spasming everywhere, and her brain scans were completely normal. So eventually, they actually got the help of a priest, and the priest and another one did about 45 to 63 exorcisms on her, trying to expel this demon, and there's an actual voice recording from the session She speaks of things that were way before her time she wouldn't even know about in languages that she shouldn't know. So eventually she died of what seems to be emaciation, which is when a a person is starved and died of hunger and thirst. And she was extremely frail. She had sunken cheeks and eye sockets. She was a horrible and frightening sight to look at. She died at the age of 23. After all these exorcisms... So, her case was taken to court, and her parents and the priest were charged with child neg- negligence, which means the child was neglected, and the case subsided more so with the side of science. They said that she was suffering from epilepsy, and that there was some kind of form of it. It goes into a whole messy detail, but it was so sad to just read about it. So... The moral of all this is, honestly, whether you believe in the cases or not, a moral can be somewhat discovered. An overall baseline for me is, if you notice something unusual about someone or something, get out right away. Don't stick around. Call for help or something, but don't be stupid and be all macho and try to investigate on your own if you can help it. People end up with shorter lifespans that way. And that is all for today, folks. I hope you've had fun. Maybe join us in next time. I am Victoria Koch, and this was Wonderful Little Nightmares. Bye! Welcome, boys and ghouls, to Wonderful Little Nightmares podcast. My name is Victoria Koch, and I'm hosting this podcast with Peter Zirko.
0: Hey, that's me.
1: Welcome to the strange and unusual. That is why I'm here.
0: Today, you are going to know a lot about the paranormal. You're going to hear about personal experiences. That's me witness stories, local haunted places in and around Maryland, and historical cases involving the paranormal.
1: Apparently I'm a magnet for the strange and unusual occurrences, hence why all my past relationships have sucked. So I have a fun story for those who know about sleep paralysis. So sleep paralysis is when you wake up and you can't move your body whatsoever for whatever reason. And I remember when I was about 14 years old, I woke up one night in my apartment with my siblings all around me. Um, my two sisters were on one side of the room. My other sister was right next to me because we had to share a room in a bed. And I woke up and I looked up and I saw like this strange white face, like those creepy white blank masks you guys see in like the Halloween store, like that kind of face. And it was really freaky. And I couldn't move my body whatsoever. All I could do was stare up at it. And suddenly it, like, disappeared. Like, poof, white smoke. And I still couldn't move my body. But I finally started getting, like, movement in my neck so I could move my head side to side. So then I looked to my sister to see if she was awake. And she was still snoring away because that's what she does. And I turned to my left because I heard, like, a giggle. Now, I'm going to make this very clear. I hate puppets. I hate puppets, mannequins, anything with a face that is soulless. I can't stand it. It croots me out. I hate going to the art museums when I see statues. I feel like they're going to grab me. Ugh. Anyway, um, for those who are Goosebumps fans, I will say this. It looks like Slappy the doll, and that scared the crap out of me. And I looked to my side, and there was, like, this really old dummy, like, bow tie, wooden face, carved cheeks kind of thing. it was not fun and it had like these creepy like big glass eyes and it was staring at me and I couldn't move but I could feel like my heart beating in my chest and I still and I was like freaking out because I wanted to slap it away from me and just damn it to be gone and um so the thing kept looking at me and then all of a sudden it started let out like another high-pitched giggle like creepy giggle and I felt like I was in Silent Hill. It was awful. And it goes to me it says I will hurt you and all your family. That didn't sit well with me cuz all of a sudden that thing decided to go poof and I looked to my door quickly cuz I shut the door was shut when I went to bed and all of a sudden the door was open and there stood the dummy in the hallway staring at us. And it gave another giggle and put its finger to its mouth and all of a sudden my door slammed shut like whole big breeze slam shut and it scared me and I still couldn't move my body but I was like freaking out and next thing I know my youngest sister who was like six or seven at the time who was all the way against the wall on the other side of my room my sister's bigger body blocking her flew off the bed and onto the floor and she started screaming and crying because well what kid wouldn't after being thrown from the bed and I couldn't move. I still couldn't help her. And my mom came bursting in the room. And she started looking at me and she's like, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you helping? I was like, I can't move. And I couldn't say a thing. I was like stuck. And so my mom my, took my little sister and took her to her room to sleep with her for the night. And my sisters all settled down for bed once they were all chilled and went back to sleep. I, however, stayed awake for a little bit longer. And I eventually closed my eyes and shut it really tight, and I fell back asleep, and the next morning I could move again. But that, like, stuck with me for the rest of my life, and I will never, ever, ever go to an antique shop with those creepy-ass dolls. Thank you. I'm good. Um, a funnier one that I can recall, actually, (laughs) bless my mom's soul, she's a comedian in her own right. Uh, We were moving my dad's stuff out because my parents had just gotten divorced So my dad was gonna come by the next morning to pick up some more of his things and my dad has like this really old radio thing that he got when he was in the military and We were all getting ready for bed. I was in my room by myself getting ready to sleep and All of a sudden the radio starts blasting the red hot chili peppers like out of all bands the red hot chili peppers were playing and we don't know why And my mom went into the room, because my sister uh, came in and she started like shaking me, freaking out, saying that my mom's room was haunted and she wouldn't actually go into the room for like the next three months after this. Um, The room uh, was blasting with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I can't remember what song. I really don't care, I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And my mom goes in and goes to turn the volume down. The volume turns itself back up. (laughs) So my mom did it again, turns herself back up, so she screams colorful words, and rips the cord out, and says, turn yourself on again, I dare you, or I'll throw you out the freaking window, (laughs) and my mom was, like, yelling at, like, this old ancient machine about why the red hot chili pepper sucks, and she just went on a tangent, and I actually burst out laughing and fell a little floor because it was so funny, but... It was, it was just funny. My mom was like, I don't care how you died, but out of all the musicians you had to pl- pick, you had to pick the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, one of the not greatest bands ever. And I was like, Mom, chill. They're dead. I don't think they care anymore. <laughs> but it was so funny. And the bigger one that stuck with me is another reason why I hate being home by myself some days. Unless, well, now I have dogs, so, like, I know if I get attacked, they're there to bite them. But I don't know how useful dogs can be in this situation. So Thanksgiving, uh, when I was about 15, I got really sick the morning of Thanksgiving. And so I had to stay home when my family went out to um, see my uncles to make sure that they said their happy Thanksgiving to see my grandparents before they left for Indiana again. And I was home by myself and I had like taken some medicine and... I was just chilling in my recliner, in my, um, like, living room. And I was watching some movies, but then I got bored, so then I decided to go to bed. So I was, like, napping with my headphones on with the music really low, because I had, like, a pounding headache, but I didn't, like, listening to silence. So I was listening to music, and all of a sudden I hear, <coughs> on my door. And I get up to go see who it was. Maybe it was a neighbor complaining for some reason about how loud my sounds were, even though it was, like, dead quiet. And I go to the door, I look through the peephole, there's no one there, I open the door, look around, nothing. I don't think anyone was actually in the building at all that day, because they all went out to see family. And I thought that was weird, so I shut the door again, I locked in, went back to the recliner, and decided not to keep my earbuds in, just in case. So then I was laying down in the recliner, as I was about to get fall asleep again, I hear it again. This time really loud, and I freaked out, and I ran to the door, nothing there. So then... Me being smart said, whoever is here, I don't feel like dealing with you. I'll see you later. And then I walked to my room. Not before, I grabbed a pair of scissors just in case I needed to go stab, stab something. And <laughs> I I go to my room, the scissors are on my dresser, and I'm, like, chilling out in my bed, trying to fall asleep and feel better. My door is shut. I actually locked it to make sure that nothing would get in. And, again, I hear from the door. I didn't answer. I stayed quiet. So, I, can't, I stay in my bed, and I'm having the covers, like, pull up to my face, so I look like this little comical, little tiny thing with, like, a mop of brown hair popping out. It's pretty funny, at least to me. And, um, all of a sudden, I hear children giggling. Now, I don't know how many horror films you guys have seen, when you hear children giggling, that usually means, get the hell out. However, I cannot get the hell out. My paths were brought, blocked by stuff and people, and I don't, I was stuck. And I stayed in my room. I actually grabbed the scissors, and <laughs> now that I remember, they were little kitty scissors. scissors. I don't think they couldn't really stab anything, <laughs> but I felt protected despite the rounded tips. and I was holding it close to me and getting ready to like protect myself and I heard more children giggling, and all of a sudden I hear a little <coughs> on my door. So I go up and I look and I kind of peek and I hear all you guys going, "Why are you doing that?" That's stupid. However, I'm white. White people like to check things out. So, (laughs) I open the door and I look around to see if my siblings were home. But I didn't hear the front door open whatsoever. So, they couldn't have been home. So, I close the door again and lock and I rush back to my bed. And I get ready to, like, cry myself to sleep. And all of a sudden, I hear more... On my door. And I literally screamed, go away. I'm dying as it is. Leave me alone. And... The knocking stopped finally, but I heard, like, a couple more bangs and knocks on the doors and the windows, but eventually all I heard was children giggling. This still didn't make me comfortable, but I was like, you know what, I'll handle that. I got little siblings. That's whatever. So, I sat, I fell asleep eventually, and by the time I woke up, it was, like, 9 o'clock, maybe. My family had just gotten home. And they came into my room. and They're like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" It's like I heard sounds all day long. Why are you guys out so long? And I told my mom, and she didn't believe me. But that's the best I could, I could tell her without freaking out and losing my mind. So she just told me it was my mind playing tricks on me because I was sick. But I tell you guys, that was freaky. And not even long after that, another incident happened, and this one was my youngest sister's baby doll. And again, I hate things with a face that doesn't have a soul it creeps me out and this doll i kid you not was pulling some annabelle stuff and she like the doll and my mom watched it too and she still tries to deny it to this day but the doll like actually reached out and grabbed some pots and spoons and actually banged the table and then threw itself back from its high chair and i have never screamed so loud in my life and i ran to my room and i did not come out for the rest of the night it was awful
0: All right, now I have a story for you. It's a little creepy, a little funny. It's kind of the opposite end of sleep paralysis, like Tori's first story. So me and my family were on vacation at the beach. My parents were in a room upstairs in the beach house. My sister and I were sharing a room downstairs. And I'm asleep. I have this dream that there's this fire in the house. And of course, I need to get out. So I get out of my bed. I'm still asleep. I walk outside I lock the door apparently in my dream I thought it would be good to stop the fire by locking the door and I go up to the balcony upstairs to like tell my parents that there's a fire they need to get out. So I walk up in the middle of the night on the balcony I knock on their glass door and my mom and my dad are freaking out they think someone's like got the wrong house or there's a robber at the beach. And my mom pulls the curtains open and sees me just standing there, like, haunted. (laughs) And I don't know why I didn't tell my sister to get out of the house, but I guess I had certain priorities when I was asleep. Now you're going to hear some first-hand accounts of other people who have seen or experienced the supernatural. Let's get right into it with some political nightmare. Yes, you guessed it, the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln supposedly had a daunting background that few knew about. First, Lincoln pictured his own death and visioned it, and his funeral. Secondly, Lincoln's life was filled with tragedy. His mother died when he was nine, and his first love died due to typhoid causing an emotional breakdown in Lincoln. Also, Lincoln had four sons, in which only one made it to adulthood. So, as you can see, Lincoln had a pretty traumatic life. Apparently, this has caused him to hang around the White House after he has died. Grace Coolidge, wife of Calvin Coolidge, the 13th, 30th president, was the first person to report having actually seen the ghost of Lincoln. She said he stood at a window of the Oval Office hands clasped behind his back, gazing out over the Potomac, perhaps still seeing the bloody battlefields beyond. The ghost of Lincoln was commonly seen by the FDR administration, which was when America went through the Great Depression and World War II. Also, Winston Churchill claims to have seen him while bathing in the Lincoln bedroom while visiting the White House in the U.S. If you do believe in ghosts, You have to believe one of our greatest presidents is still watching over the nation he fought so hard to preserve. Now let's get right into another famous ghost you may not know about. The ghost of John Lennon. If you didn't know who John Lennon was, you may have heard him before. He was a key key member of the legendary band The Beatles. Lennon was shot on the 8th of December, 1980, at his residence in the Dakota building in New York City by Mark Chapman. The frustrations with Lennon's lifestyle and claim that he was more popular than Jesus Remark, by society, plus the idolatry of the Holden Holden Caulfield in The Catcher in the Rye caused the motive for the attack. Since his death, an increasing amount of people have claimed to see the ghost of John Lennon. Oasis star Liam Gallagher and Paul McCartney claim to have been visited by Lennon while recording one of one of his unfinished symphonies. However, many claim Lennon still roams in and around the Dakota Building where he lived and was murdered. In 2006, many psychics held a seance at the Dakota Building and many other places important to Lennon's life. They claim to have been li- visited by Lennon and more than once. Now that you have heard some famous ghosts, I'm going to inform you about some local haunted places in and around Maryland. First, let's go to Fletchertown Road in Bowie, Maryland, where you can hear of the Goat Man. According to urban legend, the goat Man is an axe-wielding, half-animal, half-man creature that was once a scientist who worked in the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. The tale holds that he was experimenting on goats until one experiment backfired and he was mutated, becoming goat-like himself. Then he began attacking cars with an axe roaming the back roads of Beltsville, Maryland. A variation of the legend tells of the goat man as an old hermit who lives in the woods, seen walking alone at night along Fletchertown Road. According to University of Maryland folklorist Barry Pearson The Goatman legend began long, long ago and were further popularized in 1971 when the death of a dog was blamed on Goatman by local residents. Next, let's head south a couple of hours to Scotland, Maryland. Here you can find the lore of the haunted Point Lookout Lighthouse. The Point Lookout Lighthouse marks the entrance to the Potomac River on the southernmost tip of Maryland's western shore. The lighthouse was built in in 1830, and many wealthy spent their time at Point Lookout to vacation. However, after the Battle of Gettysburg, a prison was built there to hold Confederate soldiers. Then, the prison and the lighthouse were joined together. The keeper of the lighthouse at the time of the Civil War was Pamelia Edwards. She claimed that the Union soldiers used the lighthouse as a room of torture and interrogation. Thousands of soldiers died there due to lack of care and protection from the weather. The ghost of a woman, possibly Pamelia Edwards or another female lighthouse keeper, have been seen standing at the top of the stairway wearing a white blouse and a long blue skirt with a sad look on their face. Other figures have been seen in the basement, doors mysteriously open and close and strange noises, snoring, ghostly voices and footsteps have been heard. Voices have been heard coming out of nowhere, saying, Fire if they get too close to you, and let us not take objection to what they are doing. For a long time after the abandonment of the lighthouse, it continued to smell like rotting of bodies. Sounds like a really creepy place, and you need to check it out.
1: That was fun and dandy here. Remind me to bring air freshener if I ever decide to stick around the places after dark, which is highly unlikely. Here's my specialty. Find old dead cases and disturbing ones of the paranormal. Funny thing is, many of you probably have heard of these cases due to the infinite infamous Hollywood scenes. <clears throat> An internationally known case, and personally one I find more disturbing, is the infamous case investiga- investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren it is rightfully called Annabelle the Doll Haunting. Again, I hate dolls. This was eventually made into a movie of its own, but was first seen in a Conjuring movie, which is based off another one of their cases that I'll be covering later. It, this took approximately about some time in 1970 involving two nurse roommates. The two nurses were Donna, whom the doll was given to by her mother on her 28th birthday, and her best friend and roommate Angie began to notice strange things about the Raggedy Ann doll. Donna would place the doll on her bed and the two would return home to either find the doll moved across the room in a different position than it was put in. And another creepy report was that they found the doll straight up on its own two legs. Mind you, Raggedy Ann dolls were stuffed and floppy and didn't have a stand, so it was impossible for the doll to be standing up on its own two legs. The activity got even freakier when random notes with Help Us and Help Lou started to appear written in childlike handwriting in what appeared to be red crayon. Ugh. Donna also reported that one of the doll's hands and chest was covered in a red substance that appeared to be blood. That's nice. Nothing like coming home from nursing and you see a bloody doll. Why am I staying to be a nurse again? Anyway, <clears throat> a medium was called. A medium is someone who's essentially a person with a sixth sense and can see and speak to the dead. I don't know how I feel about that. And she claimed the doll was possessed by a 7-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins. Her body was found in the lot where their apartment building was built and felt comfortable with the two nurses and wished to remain with the, with the two and the doll to live with them. Feeling sympathy for the poor thing, they agreed. Personally, although I myself enjoy and love children and I'm studying nursing, I say hell no and bless the whole place. Like, get a priest up in here. I'm baffled at the fact that it took them this long to notice something was up with this doll. Like, you see a doll moving around on its own and freaky notes are appearing. And now you want to investigate this? No thanks. Anyway, apparently the only one with common sense and not buying it was Angie's fiance, Lou. Disagreed with the two women, but was overly um, outnumbered. Poor guy. And just let it be. Lou, however, spoke out once and told the women how one night he woke from a nightmare and had sleep paralysis, something I mentioned were my own stories, and saw Annabelle crawling up his body. Mm, no, no thank you. And once she reached his head, she wrapped her arms around his neck and began to strangle him. That's freaky as hell, however. I'm curious, how does little plush hands choke you? Like, they don't have fingers. Like, do they just, like... Lou, th- never mind. I'm moving on from this. Huh. No, thank you. Lou passed out and woke up the next morning with the doll in nowhere in sight and swore up and down that it wasn't a dream. Another account from Lou is when he and Angie were preparing to leave for a trip and they heard noises from Donna's room and entered seeing no one in the room and Annabelle was on the floor. Lou, being a good person and a friend, despite how much he hated the doll, approached. Th- Annabelle to pick it up and felt an excruciating pain from his abdomen and his chest. He opened his now bloody shirt to see deep, beast-like claws. He said they almost immediately began to heal at a fast rate two days later. sir, I hope you're probably on drugs for that one. Donna had enough of what's happening and called in the priest, thank the Lord, and the warrants to investigate. They determined the doll couldn't be possessed by a spirit. It was really a demonic entity, claiming demonic entities were not of this world and were the only ones that could really take over things. Spirits cannot do so. Again, I don't know how I feel about that. A request to remove the doll from the apartment was granted, and the Warrens reported their car having issues. And it wasn't until the doll was blessed that the car functioned normally, and they made it to home safely. Like... This is some real stuff, guys. I don't know how I feel. Like, this is why I hate dolls. And I feel like they could kill me at any moment. Has anyone ever seen Silence? Like, or the dolls? Creepy. Annabelle did the same shenanigans at the Warren's house because it's a demon-haunting doll. That's as scary as you can get. A priest named Father Jason taunted the doll, saying there was only a doll and it was useless, much to the Warren's dismay. Yes, priest. Great idea. Let's antagonize a demon. Father Jason later called the Warrens, stating his brace gave out his car was totaled in, in an accident. A similar st- situation occurred when the Warrens opened up their occult museum with Annabelle in a glass case with warnings and a cross posted on it. Remember, there was warnings and a cross on the case. A male taunted the doll and on his motorcycle ride back home with his girlfriend. She reported he lost control of a sudden he died upon impact of crushing to a tree. Can we agree that this guy lacked brain cells and apparently can't read warning labels on, oh, I don't know, not to taunt a demonic doll? Like, if there's literally a sign that says, do not taunt, do not taunt. They mean it. Let's not mess with it. Honestly, how stupid can people get? Anyway, the doll remains at the Warren's Occult Museum for all the kiddies and weirdos to enjoy. Not gonna lie, some morbid part of me wants to visit... There are many more cases covered by the Warrens than many of have heard of. The Perone family demonic haunting, which is actually the inspiration for the Conjuring movie, because the Conjuring movie is based on this case. And no matter how many times I freak the hell out, I, I can't get used to it. So the Perones were essentially haunted by a demonic being called Bathsheba. She was a, her cousin was accused of witchcraft and was hanged when she herself was a witch. And on the no, one night, not long after her firstborn was born. And her husband walked in. She saw his wife sacrificing their baby to Satan in front of her fireplace. And she ran out of the house and hung herself on a tree. And she put a curse on this land from anyone who tried to take it from her. And that became quite literally. Many mysterious deaths, especially involving children and the mothers, were found out. Like, this chick was batshit crazy. Sorry, pardon my French. The Animeville Horror Case is another one. This was also made into a movie. The Animeville Horror Case actually is a actually a horrific story. Unfortunately, this man and his family, I won't give any names because there are too many of them and it makes me want to cry when I think about it. actually woke up one night and claimed that demons were whispering in his ear to kill his family and he did so. He took a shotgun shot his father, his sisters and brothers, and his mother. He murdered his whole family, and he was arrested before he eventually killed himself in jail. It's awful. Many families have moved in and out of that house claiming to see ghosts and strange activities in the spirit of a little boy believed to be one of the sons that was murdered that night. It's not very pretty. The exorcism of, uh, Ronald Doe. This was the inspiration for the novel and the movie The Exorcism. The exorcism was about a girl named Reagan, and she took the place of Ronald Doe. She played with a Ouija board, because kids should play with Ouija boards, and summon a demon, uh, of an ancient demon, and the, uh, she underwent a lot of stressful situations. She would walk on her back. She would um, use the bathroom on herself and stuff like that. It was disgusting, but creepy. She would Induce excessive vomiting of weird liquid and blood and scratches would appear all over the body. Unfortunately, those were all true accounts of Ronald Doe. Since he was a minor, his name wasn't truly named in the case. Unfortunately, he had to live with that for the rest of his life. And a heartbreaking one to help inspire the movie, the exorcism of Emily Rose was actually taken to Supreme Court. So... The exorcism of a young girl named Annalise uh, Michelle. She was a German woman, and her case actually was taken to court. So there's an actual court file on this case, and it's really upsetting because she was a bright young girl. She was, high, she was highly devoted to her faith and her family. And one time, one day, when she was around 16 years old, she started feeling sick and ill and anytime her mother recounted that anytime she stared at a religious figure such as the statue of the mother and mother mary and his, her son jesus in their house she would glare vehemently at it in such hatred and whenever they tried taking her to church she would scream in pain as if she was burning by a thousand fires it was awful they actually went to seek professional medical help first and nothing was really conclusive. They couldn't decide if she had was having epilepsy or seizures. She was just spasming everywhere and her brain scans were completely normal. So eventually they actually got the help of a priest. And the priest and another one did about 45 to 63 exorcisms on her, trying to expel this demon. And there's an actual voice recording from the session she speaks of things that were way before her time that she wouldn't even know about in languages that she shouldn't know. So eventually she died of what seems to be emaciation, which is when a, ta- a person is starved and died of hunger and thirst. And she was extremely frail. She had sunken cheeks and eye sockets. She was a horrible and frightening sight to look at. She died at the age of 23 after all these exorcisms. So, her case was taken to court, and her parents and the priest were charged with child neg- negligence, which means the child was neglected. And the case subsided more so with the side of science. They said that she was suffering from epilepsy, and that there was some kind of form of it. It goes into a whole messy detail, but it was so sad to just read about it. So... The moral of all this is, honestly, whether you believe in the cases or not, a moral can be somewhat discovered. An overall baseline for me is, if you notice something unusual about someone or something, get out right away. Don't stick around. Call for help or something, but don't be stupid and be all macho and try to investigate on your own if you can help it. People end up with shorter lifespans that way. And that is all for today, folks. I hope you've had fun. Maybe join us in next time. I am Victoria Koch, and this was Wonderful Little Nightmares. Bye! Welcome, boys and ghouls, to Wonderful Little Nightmares podcast. My name is Victoria Koch, and I'm hosting this podcast with Peter Zirko.
0: Hey, that's me.
1: Welcome to the strange and unusual. That is why I'm here.
0: Today, you are going to know a lot about the paranormal. You're going to hear about personal experiences. That's me witness stories, local haunted places in and around Maryland, and historical cases involving the paranormal.
1: Apparently I'm a magnet for the strange and unusual occurrences, hence why all my past relationships have sucked. So I have a fun story for those who know about sleep paralysis. So sleep paralysis is when you wake up and you can't move your body whatsoever for whatever reason. And I remember when I was about 14 years old, I woke up one night in my apartment with my siblings all around me. Um, my two sisters were on one side of the room. And my other sister was right next to me because we had to share a room in a bed. And I woke up and I looked up and I saw like this strange white face, like those creepy white blank masks you guys see in like the Halloween store, like that kind of face. And it was really freaky. And I couldn't move my body whatsoever. All I could do was stare up at it. And suddenly it, like, disappeared. Like, poof, white smoke. And I still couldn't move my body. But I finally started getting, like, movement in my neck. So I could move my head side to side. So then I looked to my sister to see if she was awake. And she was still snoring away. Because that's what she does. And I turned to my left. Because I heard, like, a giggle. Now, I'm going to make this very clear. I hate puppets. I hate puppets, mannequins, anything with a face that is soulless. I can't stand it. It croots me out. I hate going to the art museums when I see statues. I feel like they're going to grab me. Ugh. Anyway, um, for those who are Goosebumps fans, I will say this. It looks like Slappy the doll, and that scared the crap out of me. And I looked to my side, and there was, like, this really old dummy, like, bow tie, wooden face, carved cheeks kind of thing. It was not fun. And it had like these creepy like big glass eyes and it was staring at me and I couldn't move but I could feel like my heart beating in my chest and I still and I was like freaking out because I wanted to slap it away from me and just damn it to be gone. And um so the thing kept looking at me and then all of a sudden it started let out like another high-pitched giggle like creepy giggle and I felt like I was in Silent Hill. It was awful. And it goes to me, it says, I will hurt you and all your family. That didn't sit well with me because all of a sudden that thing decided to go poof and I looked to my door quickly because the door was shut when I went to bed and all of a sudden the door was open and there stood the dummy in the hallway staring at us and it gave another giggle and put its finger to its mouth and all of a sudden my door slammed shut like whole big breeze whoosh, slam shut and it scared me and I still couldn't move my body but I was like freaking out and next thing I know my youngest sister who was like six or seven at the time who was all the way against the wall on the other side of my room my sister's bigger body blocking her flew off the bed and onto the floor and she started screaming and crying because well what kid wouldn't after being thrown from the bed and I couldn't move I still couldn't help her and my mom came bursting in the room. And she started looking at me, and she's like, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you helping? I was like, I can't move. And I couldn't say a thing. I was, like, stuck. And so my mom my, took my little sister and took her to her room to sleep with her for the night. And my sisters all settled down for bed once they were all chilled and went back to sleep. I, however, stayed awake for a little bit longer. And I eventually closed my eyes and shut it really tight, and I fell back asleep. And the next morning, I could move again. But that, like, stuck with me for the rest of my life. And I will never, ever, ever go to an antique shop with those creepy-ass dolls. Thank you. I'm good. Um, a funnier one than I can recall, actually, <laughs> bless my mom's soul. She's a comedian in her own right. Uh, we were moving my dad's stuff out because my parents had just gotten divorced. So my dad was going to come by the next morning to pick up some more of his things. And my dad has, like, this really old radio... Thing that he got when he was in the military and we were all getting ready for bed I was in my room by myself getting ready to sleep and all of a sudden the radio starts blasting the red hot chili peppers like out of all bands the red hot chili peppers were playing and we don't know why and my mom went into the room because my sister uh, came in and she started like shaking me, freaking out, saying that my mom's room was haunted and she wouldn't actually go into the room for like the next three months after this. Um, the room uh, was blasting with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I can't remember what song. I really don't care. I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And my mom goes in and goes to turn the volume down. The volume turns itself back up. So my mom did it again, turns itself back up. So she screams colorful words And rips the cord out and says, turn yourself on again, I dare you, or I'll throw you out the freaking window. My mom was like yelling at like this old ancient machine about why the red hot chili pepper sucks. And she just went on a tangent and I actually burst out laughing and felt a little forward because it was so funny. But... It was it was just funny. My mom was like, I don't care how you died, but out of all the musicians you had to pl- pick, you had to pick the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, one of the not-greatest bands ever. And I was like, Mom, chill. They're dead. I don't think they care anymore. <laughs> but it was so funny. And a bigger one that stuck with me is another reason why I hate being home by myself some days. Unless, well, now I have dogs, so, like, I know if I get attacked, they're there to bite them. But I don't know how useful dogs can be in this situation. So Thanksgiving, uh, when I was about 15, I got really sick the morning of Thanksgiving. And so I had to stay home when my family went out to um, see my uncles to make sure that they said their happy Thanksgiving to see my grandparents before they left for Indiana again. And I was home by myself and I had like taken some medicine and... I was just chilling in my recliner in my um, living room and I was watching some movies but then I got bored so then I decided to go to bed so I was like napping with my headphones on with the music really low because I had like a pounding headache but I didn't like listening to silence so I was listening to music and all of a sudden I hear (coughs) on my door and I get up to go see who it was maybe it was a neighbor complaining for some reason about how loud my sounds were even though it was like dead quiet. And I go to the door, I look through the peephole, there's no one there, I open the door, look around, nothing. I don't think anyone was actually in the building at all that day, because they all went out to see family. And I thought that was weird, so I shut the door again, I locked in, went back to the recliner, and decided not to keep my earbuds in, just in case. So then I was laying down in the recliner, as I was about to get fall asleep again, I hear it again. This time really loud, and I freaked out, and I ran to the door, nothing there. So then... Me being smart said, whoever's here, I don't feel like dealing with you. I'll see you later. And then I walked to my room. Not before, I grabbed a pair of scissors just in case I needed to go stab, stab something. And <laughs> I I go to my room, the scissors are on my dresser, and I'm like chilling out in my bed, trying to fall asleep and feel better. My door is shut. I actually locked it to make sure that nothing would get in. And again, I hear from the door. I didn't answer. I stayed quiet. So, I I stay in my bed, and I'm having the covers, like, pull up to my face, so I look like this little comical little tiny thing with, like, a mop of brown hair popping out. It's pretty funny, at least to me. And, um, all of a sudden, I hear children giggling. Now, I don't know how many horror films you guys have seen, when you hear children giggling, that usually means, get the hell out. However, I cannot get the hell out. My paths were blocked by stuff and people, and I don't, I was stuck. And I stayed in my room, I actually grabbed the scissors, and now that I remember, they were little kitty scissors. scissors, So I don't think they could really stab anything, (laughs) but I felt protected, despite the rounded tips. And I was holding it close to me, and getting ready to like protect myself, and I heard more children giggling, and all of a sudden I hear a little (coughs) on my door. So I go up, and I look, and I kind of peek, and I hear all you guys going, Why are you doing that? That's stupid. However, I'm white. White people like to check things out. So, <laughs> I open the door and I look around to see if my siblings were home. But I didn't hear the front door open whatsoever. So, they couldn't have been home. So, I close the door again and lock and I rush back to my bed. And I get ready to, like, cry myself to sleep. And all of a sudden, I hear more... <coughs> on my door. And I just literally screamed, go away. I'm dying as it is. Leave me alone. And... The knocking stopped finally, but I heard, like, a couple more bangs and knocks on the doors and the windows. But eventually, all I heard was children giggling. This still didn't make me comfortable, but I was like, you know what, I'll handle that. I got little siblings. That's whatever. So, I I fell asleep eventually, and by the time I woke up, it was, like, 9 o'clock, maybe. My family had just gotten home. And they came into my room and they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? It's like I heard sounds all day long. Why are you guys out so long? And I told my mom and she didn't believe me. But that's the best I could I could tell her without freaking out and losing my mind. So she just told me it was my mind playing tricks on me because I was sick. But tell you guys, that was freaky. And not even long after that, another incident happened, and this one was my youngest sister's baby doll. And, again, I hate things with a face that doesn't have a soul. It creeps me out. And this doll, I kid you not, was pulling some Annabelle stuff. And she, like, the doll, and my mom watched it, too, and she still tries to deny it to this day. But the doll, like, actually reached out and grabbed some pots and spoons and actually banged the table and then threw itself back from its high chair. And I have never screamed so loud in my life. And I ran to my room, and I did not come out for the rest of the night. It was awful.
0: Alright, now I have a story for you. It's a little creepy, a little funny. It's kind of the opposite end of sleep paralysis, like Tori's first story. So me and my family were on vacation at the beach. My parents were in a room upstairs in the beach house. My sister and I were sharing a room downstairs. And I'm asleep. I have this dream that there's this fire in the house. And of course, I need to get out. So I get out of my bed. I'm still asleep. I walk outside, I lock the door. Apparently, in my dream, I thought it would be good to stop the fire by locking the door. And I go up to the balcony upstairs to like tell my parents that there's a fire, they need to get out. So I walk up in the middle of the night on the balcony, I knock on their glass door, and my mom and my dad are freaking out. They think someone's like got the wrong house or there's a robber at the beach. And my mom pulls the curtains open and sees me just standing there, like, haunted. (laughs) And I don't know why I didn't tell my sister to get out of the house, but I guess...